Welcome to What's Your Focus Today, the one and only resource that will get you back on track and focused with your host, Yvonne DeMonk. Focused on disruptive startups that are radically changing the rules. Focused on financial technology as it continues to drive a big part of your life. And focused on gaming and gamification strategies as the new rulers of the universe. So, what's your focus today? Welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm fine. How are you? I'm excellent. I'm actually very excited to have you on. We're going to talk about taxes as it relates to Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and blockchain. So it's not obvious or maybe a too sexy kind of subject, but I think it's absolutely critical as the industry uh, continues to grow. So to set the stage, maybe you can just quickly introduce yourself, where you come from, where you are in the business today, before we dive into the details. Sure, absolutely. So first of all, even I have to disagree. I mean, taxation is a very sexy subject. There you go. Um, not all people see it that way. That's uh, that's where I come in. And also, I'm a I'm a lawyer, European lawyer, Belgian lawyer actually. Been uh, active each each and every one of us, uh, all of us experts uh, that are now crypto experts. We used to do something else uh, before uh, <coughs> crypto came in. Um, so I was trained, and that's what I was doing for, for ten years or so as an international tax lawyer. Working on international cases, also involving the US, also involving US clients, individuals, corporates, even uh, the the IRS at a point in time. So I was doing this international tax work, and uh, one day I get read something about uh, Bitcoin. I was a bit of uh, an, an article that exaggerated some aspects, but they spoke of Bitcoin as a new offshore account. Right. Uh, of course, I'm against offshore accounts, evidently, but I wanted to find out uh, what is this Bitcoin. Thing, and I became intrigued and got I mean, more I mean, and more involved. Day, you said you said one day. What what year? Sort of approximately. What there was? must have been well read about it in 2012. Became more involved in 2013. Got it. Okay. Depends on how you look at it. Early days. People would say that these were the early days indeed. Yeah. 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 Um, and then, uh, yeah, there was the, this Belgian scene. Belgian, it was uh, already very international at the time. It were a lot of researchers, a lot of, 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 of people with a technical background. And that's why it was interesting to, to become involved uh, as a lawyer because I could bring another perspective. I'm not the kind of lawyer that says uh, you can't do this and you can't do that. I'm more of always try to find solutions and, and, and try to protect people from uh, from adverse consequences and so we started lobbying uh, as a community sure. uh, structured unstructured and the first in those very early days there was still talk about bitcoin ban in europe in belgium and so we went to the different authorities in Belgium, also at the European level, to explain that no, eh, it's not only criminals that are involved, and no, it's right. not uh, something uh, something evil, and and so on and so forth. As a community, of course, eh, and also a little bit, also I hope, I think, thanks to my input, we were able to have at least in this first few years have a have a positive environment, a welcoming environment, this tolerant environment in Belgium and in Europe. And then, uh, yeah, the, then history happened. Uh, <laughs> the, 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 the small little Bitcoin uh, of, of the early days grew into something bigger. Uh, there were offshoots of, of all kinds. 
and today, uh, well, I'm I'm uh, I'm a sole practitioner. I work with other experts, of course, uh, on a project basis, uh, where I pick and choose the best. Also, because I work with many different countries, uh, I try to find the best expert in uh, in every jurisdiction uh, for a particular project. And so now today, I'm still doing legal work, absolutely. Advice, uh, uh, more uh, structuring. Uh, rather than litigation, that's uh, try to avoid litigation eh, by coming up with uh, legally sound structures. So even sooner than I than I than I thought, uh, already now uh, at least 50, 60, 70 percent of the cases I handle are international uh, and have to do with crypto. Okay. And the traditional tax and legal work is also very important. That's what you also see in all those cases. But it's become we yeah, are like 30, 20 percent of turnover. Rather quickly, so uh, I'm pretty pleased. <laughs> I'm quite pleased actually with the with the way things uh, turned out. Absolutely. Fair to say that your um, you know your, your breed, if I may say, is, is still pretty unique in the industry. That actually quite few people uh, globally that are you know as focused as you are on this increasingly growing industry. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, sure, but uh, it keeps growing and growing, and I think there's still, uh, I mean, not going to be, all lawyers hate all other lawyers, eh? that's, a, that's a fact yeah, sure. of life, but there's always room for one more, especially at this stage, and now the advantage of, of, of being uh, being there in the early days is that you still know all these people, eh? that you still have this network from in the early days, and, and that's something that's still very useful and, and even and even fun uh, to, to, to work that way. If you already know the, uh, the, the most important, main main uh, experts uh, in every country, that, that's, still, uh, that's still an advantage. Now in Belgium, I have to say, okay, there are many, of course, it's, it's a fascinating subject. Many lawyers, many legal experts um, write articles about it. Okay, in Belgium, or, or at least in, and also a little bit outside of Belgium, I think I'm, I'm, I may say, and, we're, and this is, a, this is a, an American podcast, so I don't need mm-hmm. to be modest. Uh, I, think no, I'm one no. of the few, I think I'm one of the few legal experts that has actually done uh, uh, most of this stuff. And I'm not in jail, nor are my clients, <laughs> and nor are there any, so I it seems to be uh, that I've been do- having the right approach uh, throughout those different years. So, uh, yeah, that's that's my story. Yeah, that's great. I, I think it gives uh, a very good sort of base to to work off from. A couple of thoughts on my end, uh, and, and specifically for our U.S. audience here. Obviously, Belgium maybe not that familiar to too many mm-hmm. people here over here, but. Uh, uh, Belgium is where Brussels is, and Brussels mm-hmm. is the capital of Europe, but it's also yep. where all the European institutions are, right? So basically, Absolutely. Right, you're very close to the, let's say, the Washington, D.C. of Europe. Obviously, from a, from a lobbying perspective, from a political sort of influence perspective, or from any perspective, it's absolutely critical to be close, mm-hmm. to, close to the sun, right? Is that is that a fair assessment? That is uh, no, no, absolutely, absolutely true. Eh? Uh, just uh, exactly like in Washington DC, there's also a lot of lobbying in Brussels, and of course, yeah, you have to <laughs> you have to bear in mind that, of course, the the, the lobbying power of the of the traditional banking sector of the of the incumbents, eh? uh, the, their firepower is still uh, much, much, much bigger, much greater than the than the firepower of the of the crypto sector. Nevertheless, of course, it's an advantage. To, to be to be so close to the to the decision makers actually the question is how how many how do they decide we'll, we'll get back to that uh, later on in the show I suppose but uh, no so so soon we noticed that uh, okay on a, on a Belgian level they uh, 
we had a nice uh, environment, but the Belgian authorities were always saying, uh, okay, this is what we're doing right now, but if the European Union decides something else, uh, uh, we'll have to follow those regulations. So after the first few years, became, it indeed became clear that, uh, that the next fight or the, the, the next phase would be at the European level, absolutely, or at the EU level, rather. Right. So, again, looking at it from, from a Euro's perspective, mm-hmm. I would argue a lot of people in the industry over the last couple of years have said, look, the U.S. is not really you know, up to date with its regulation regarding mm-hmm. blockchain slash cryptocurrencies. So we've seen a lot of movement, I won't say away from the U.S. and into a more friendly, i.e. European-based mm-hmm. kind of environments. From a holistic, you know, holistically speaking, what's your view on you know, U.S. versus Europe? In terms of you know the basic global regulatory environment uh, as it as it relates to blockchain slash you know cryptocurrency related investments or, or business development, what's what's your sort of first take on on the big difference between the two blocks? Where do you see where's the action? What, what has been happening there? Yeah, sure, absolutely. So, uh, well, the US is, is the best. Eh? <laughs> There's no, yes, of course. Uh, can't be that it's, it's of course the best. But, uh, but what exactly makes them the best? No. Um, so, it's 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 a whole different approach. Eh? So, in the US, you have these these different agencies that. So, we're really looking at it now from a, from a regulatory perspective and how it impacts the different startups or the ecosystems. In the, in the US, it's, it's more of um, a, a patchwork, uh, I may say. We have these different agencies that have different definitions. Also, even it's important to know when I speak or say something about US law, you shouldn't trust me in the sense that I'm neither neither qualified nor inclined uh, to, to give uh, to give US legal advice. So I'm just looking at it like like an outsider. And, and, uh, wow. Okay. So if this is clear, we can proceed. And also, you have the different letter agencies. You have also the what is very important in the US are are, are all these different uh, decisions uh, from judges, uh, right. uh, from the court, um, right. case law. Where, uh, which goes together with the the common law tradition uh, that they the, that 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 you have uh, in the Anglo-Saxon countries, uh, yes. where they, they deal with one problem at a time. If it's a good solution, the next church uh, will take it take it into account uh, to come to a similar solution, and so on and so forth. The importance of of precedence. So it's more well, common law is more organic, if I if I, if I call it that way. And right now, okay, if if the US is is not crypto friendly it's because if you you have these all these different agencies different uh, court decisions and so on so there's not much clarity now uh, is it is it really is the us really unfriendly that that that's something else so the european approach on the other hand is that you have this a civil law tradition uh-huh. think about you think of napoleon uh, sure. and his armies uh, all aligned very systematic uh, and Europeans always try to find a, a sort of global system, superstructure eh, that's supposed to regulate the entire crypto sector for once and for all, eh, which is very ambitious. Because eh? yeah. even people who, who, who have been active in this field for, for, for 10 years or so still don't know eh, what it's going to look like in, 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 in another 10 years. Um, but that's, that's the European approach. So at the, so at the, um, at the top level, eh, at the European level, they, they think of systems. And then down on the ground, eh, you have all these different member states 
And let us also not forget, uh, Europe is not the EU. Eh? There's also Switzerland right, right, is not right. a member of the EU, which allows them uh, um, perhaps to have a very vibrant ecosystem. Um, you have the UK, which is now exiting the EU. Eh? Yes. So Europe is, is more than, than the EU, of course. But speaking of the, of the EU, the approach there is to come up with a um, global rules for, for, the, for the entire union, which they can take a while eh, before they're there. A lot of discussions, a lot of think tanks, a lot of uh, abstract concepts. And in the meantime, of course, all these different countries do their own thing. Eh? So as long as there are no EU regulations, I think that's a bit similar to the situation in, uh, in the US. Mm -hmm. You can have different state laws. Eh? As long as there's no federal law, I think it's a bit similar. Can be but then, but then, but then, but then, uh, that allow, okay, then you have different sort of havens. Eh? You can, you can, um, some countries in Europe are really attractive, eh? maybe. From a, from a regulatory perspective, from a tax perspective, uh, it's much, much better indeed than, than you have in the US. But okay, so at some point in time, these EU regulations get voted. And we also know, when, and uh, as a European, uh, we have to admit it, that uh, the EU has the ambition to regulate the internet and everything going on on the internet, but it's not always a success. It's not always very clear what the regulation is supposed to achieve. And then, okay, then you go, there are some EU regulations that none of us in the crypto sector are, are really happy with. So, okay. And then, then there's another matter, uh, which is, of course, the, the importance of culture. And I still sense uh, it is a, it's, it's a fact that in the US, it's still... If we look at it, uh, <clears throat> take the long view. Eh? The US culture is more open. It's more about experimenting. It's more open to to failure and then to, to get try again and so on and so forth. Where in Europe, eh, everybody knows it's a cliche, but it doesn't not mean that it's not true. It's more conservative. Eh? Be right. careful. It's not uh, get to uh, no moonshots, please. Um, so US EU, which one is the best in the long run? In the long run, we'll have to see. I mean, everything's possible. That would still say the, say the U.S., perhaps. We also see some European crypto companies moving to the, the U.S. now. So it's still, But we also see the movement in the other direction. Americans coming to Europe. So still early days, I think. Still early days. And I think for... And that's, that's, that's the bottom line. That's also what I do and also what I sell. Uh -huh. Perhaps is that to find for each project to, to find the best jurisdiction. Eh? That's... Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's what everybody's doing. Eh? Who could have... I mean, it gets, it gets international fast uh, in crypto. Absolutely. Sure. No, that's very interesting. So basically recapping it, it's, it's a little bit all over the place. It's very early days still, both mm -hmm. in Europe and in the U.S., uh, different different status, but but still, um, you know, a long way to go in terms of where it's ultimately going to go. Mm -hmm. um, and it's really sort of per project that, uh, and I guess that's part of your work, right, is that like, you know, mm -hmm. let, let's look at what you want to do. For instance, if you have a, you know, a group that, that wants to, you know, start a large mining operation, for instance, mm -hmm. and they mm -hmm. happen to be, you know, U.S.-based, then you're going to look at it and say, look, is incorporating in the U.S. the best solution here? Are there other mm -hmm. ways to look at this, right? Or if yep. it's a high net worth individual who who has a sizable Bitcoin uh, holder, yeah, 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 and, yeah and he want and he he may be a U.S. citizen but not a mm -hmm. U.S. resident. Then you know what's the best way to go about if, for instance, he wants to invest mm. in a, a structured financial product or exactly. loan or whatever. Then also you're going to look at it and 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 really there is no standard 
as I understand it from what you say, there is no standard approach of like, you know, for this you go there, for this you go there. It's really looking Not at yet, not yet. Right. I mean, right. we, I, I expect that to be the case at some point in time, eh? but today eh, it's still it's still quite open. Of course, I'm a bit pessimistic about not about Europe, but about the EU. Eh? Huh? With the UK out of the European Union, eh? huh? you immediately see that the French-German reflexes uh, are taking over, eh? which right. is regulate, which is um, yeah, less, less open. I mean, the, the UK was one of the more friendly jurisdictions. In many cases, they... Um, they defended, especially if, if you compare their position to other countries' position, and they defended the cryptosphere. But right now, with them gone, eh, we, we have to see um, what is going to be. Yeah. Right. Question I have for you, looking at Europe versus the US and looking more at the, let's say, the, the concept that, you know, we all know, right? regulatory arbitrage, sort of. Mm-hmm. Do, do you see, what do you see specifically at the state or the country level, both in the US and in Europe, are there places where some individual, uh, again, states or countries in Europe are aggressively moving ahead with, let's say, progressive or more progressive regulation way ahead of other parts of the country, you know? And, and can you mm-hmm. contrast that the U.S. versus Europe? Like, for instance, in, in Europe, we talk about, you know, Malta, we talk mm-hmm. about, you know, potentially some other countries. And in the U.S., for instance, you know, it's like the South, Texas, uh, maybe there are mm-hmm. some other states I see. A state like Ohio, for instance, was the first one to let, you know, taxpayers pay their taxes in, in, in cryptocurrency mm-hmm. or in Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Do you have any 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 view there on on, on, on each continent, on, on where sort of the specific pockets of progressiveness, yep. let me put it that way, are, are happening as we speak from, from your perspective? Talk about Europe. I mean, the, the first place you, you would think of would be would be Switzerland. Would be would be Zug, which is a small town close to Zurich. It's forty five sure. minutes uh, by train. We're, well, it's a bit of a boom bust, um, and now boom again story. Well, wasn't that primarily related to the old uh, the ICO kind of ICO? Uh, but right. it's 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 more than the ICO. Eh? So so it, the, there was already activity before the entire ICO boom. There is still uh, a lot of activity even today. Okay, the the authorities and and I have to commend them for that. Even after the the entire I. ICO phenomenon when when we went a bit uh, off rails. Eh? I mean, many countries, especially in Europe, would say like, okay, we tried and uh, it's all just a bunch of cowboys and we're never going to do this again. Uh, we're going to um, go back to uh, making wine or cheese or uh, <laughs> whatever. But no, okay, they, they said, okay, they, they intervened with some pushing, uh, I have to say, behind the scenes from, from the US. That's true. Uh, but they intervened. Eh? Uh, they they cleaned up the the space, and and you notice that that, that today, if if there is an ecosystem, I'd even say argue globally, eh? if there is something that's okay, there's New York, there's Silicon Valley, but those places are about more than crypto, uh, of course. Eh? Mm-hmm. If you look at the place that's it's, where it's crypto uh, everywhere, uh, it would be too. It would be the Zurich uh, ecosystem, uh, absolutely, and, mm-hmm. and still today. So, so okay, why are they interesting? Because, okay, it's an experiment, but uh, the Swiss authorities uh, allowed this experiment to happen. And right. uh, the regulator make mistake. Makes, makes mistakes, eh? sometimes a bit too strict on some aspects and, and not looking at other aspects. But they're learning. Eh? They learn from their mistakes. They keep improving their uh, regulations. And also, the surrounding countries are, are, are looking with envy at this. There's also the small country of Liechtenstein that tries to emulate this. So there's also a bit of competition sure. between those two. So there it's more... Bah, 
I had to, there it's really about the finance, there it's really crypto. I mean, it's hard to, to yeah, the Ethereum foundation is sure. there or used to be there. Yeah. But okay, an ICO, then we come from a really, it's about money. Yeah? It's about uh, raising funds and so on and so forth. Sure. Uh, so it still has this, this financial angle. Yeah? But uh, okay, after the ICO uh, bust, yeah? <laughs> it would now be, be more looking at that more blockchain company. So, so there is apps, if it's anywhere, it's there in Europe. Then, okay, looking at other places in Europe, uh, perhaps, uh, there's Amsterdam. Uh, okay. There's a, there, there are many blockchain projects that used to be about cryptocurrency, but, okay, due to EU regulations and uh, the Dutch authorities took a really strict interpretation of those, um, adopted a really strict interpretation of those EU regulations, the crypto Currency is a bit pushed away from the Netherlands, eh? uh, but there are still many uh, interesting blockchain uh, projects. There's Paris, but because it's Paris, they're very, are they always a little bit in a league of their own, of course. I can't tell you that much, but I assume it's more about blockchain projects. Then London, of course, with the city, eh? a lot of uh, financial um, products, a lot of uh, innovative solutions. But one of the first places where uh, they had a Bitcoin vault, uh, for example, that had Bitcoin insurance. So, so London is very much alive. Uh-huh. And well, what, what is going to be after Brexit? Eh? Might just be oh. even more attractive than uh, than oh, so. Okay? We'll yeah. see because then they're able to to create their own regulations. So that's very interesting to yes. to watch. And then going further down the list, there's there's Berlin. Eh? Okay. Uh, they say about Berlin, it's 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 startup, but it's also about fun. Eh? There, it's uh, <clears throat> they experiment more. They're having more fun. They're also a bit slower and and, and like that. <laughs> I mean, cliches, cliches, cliches. But I think if if it's uh, if it's anywhere, it's or these centers and then of course in brussels uh, as you mentioned there is the lobbying there are the lawyers uh, just like in washington dc eh? that's also um, a hot spot in a, in a, in a sense eh? but then it's more about the paper pushers and the lobbyists and the and the rule makers eh? but uh, yeah there's also a lot of know-how there of course yeah now i didn't hear you talk about i believe luxembourg which typically is also a very uh, world center for Mm-hmm. You know, a number of industries, the fund fund administration industry, I think the securitization industry. Uh, any any particular take uh, on on Luxembourg on why they're not doing anything or too much on the? Uh, well, no, the, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that they're not doing it. First of all, Luxembourg is smaller. I think uh, oh. when we go down the list, I mean it's a lot smaller than Berlin. Eh? <laughs> which is the last one, uh, European one down my list. No, like uh, like many smaller European jurisdictions, they're, they're also trying to, to attract um, activity and, and their traditional strength uh, is in funds. Eh? Right. Also for US investors, used to be a very uh, attractive go-between eh, between oh. the US and Europe and, and oh. structure investments into Europe uh, and so forth. So no, the um, there are there is there is stuff happening, but it's Luxembourg kind of stuff, which means that uh, it's going to be used for the uh, the legal structures or the or mm-hmm. the or the legal solutions that they offer, in terms of a really vibrant true blue cryptocurrency blockchain ecosystem. That's 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 another matter. Also, again, because it is it is small and it's. Uh, it yeah, cannot be compared to, to one of the major uh, centers uh, I just mentioned. Uh, I mentioned earlier. So. But uh, but no, there's more. Eh? There's more. I, I went over these highlights, eh? mm-hmm. but it's uh, but it's all over the place. It's it's a global phenomenon. 
people discover this behind uh, their computers. The projects are, are, are uh, all with um, remote workers and so on and so forth. I mean, if, if you have to look at physical places, this would be uh, the, the ones I mentioned would be the those that I would look first. Eh? But it, it is all over the place and I still meet new people, see new things uh, all over Europe. Eh? And, and don't just underestimate the smaller countries like Luxembourg, but there's also Bulgaria. There's uh, Ale- Everyone tries to, Ale- most countries at least, try to do something and try to attract this um, activity. Very, uh, very interesting. I want to I wanna turn to uh, more the, um, I don't say the US take, but uh, let's talk about uh, the IRS. I believe you've, you've at some point mm. worked with them as well, so you're somewhat familiar on Obviously, what, yeah. what they're looking at, what they're doing. Can you give me a sense of, you know, in the grand scheme of things, uh, obviously the IRS, specifically for U.S. you know uh, residents and citizens, they, they they watch you all over all over the world, right? So, what does that imply, actually, having the IRS uh, on your back, so to speak? Mm. What does that mean in terms of? the things that you have to take into account. Why is that important? And what, what are kind of the requirements that, you know, you always have to keep in the back of your mind? Because a lot of people would argue, you know, and that was one of the critiques and still is that, you know, with crypto and, and blockchain, it's all anonymous, right? And it's for people who mm-hmm. want to go away and hide stuff. Give me a little bit of your thinking there, uh, specifically as it, as it relates to the IRS and, and what you have to be careful for and, and, and watch out for and, and be mm-hmm. cognizant of uh, when, when you do stuff. Yeah, sure. So, okay, this again, this is an outsider uh, looking in. Eh? So so always uh, make oh, up yeah, your sure. own mind or, or find a local uh, US expert that can tell you more. But, but when I look at this, I mean, the, the approach of the IRS is, is not that different from, from most authorities worldwide. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the absence of, of global uh, regulations, eh? They try to fit eh, the entire cryptos to all these cryptocurrencies. They try to fit them into pre-existing categories. Eh? Right. And then you come to a um, tax treatment that is logical, uh, meaning that every transfer of cryptocurrencies, whether it's against other crypto, so it's crypto-crypto, uh, or whether it's against dollars, or whether you uh, buy or sell something and then pay with uh, with cryptocurrencies, all of those things are taxable events. Eh? And it makes it, of course, yeah, difficult, and, and it eliminates, it used to eliminate at least the, the potential of, of Bitcoin as a, as, a, as a payment system, because if, uh, okay, you, you bought a coin or a piece of Bitcoin at one point in time, and one month or one year or two, three years later, you went out and spent some Bitcoin or some, some, some piece of a Bitcoin on a cup of coffee, you would need to calculate what are my gains and, uh, and report them. Right. Um, so, I mean, it makes sense if, if you say like, okay, we're not going to treat this differently, whether it's peanuts or Bitcoins, it's, uh, it's not currency, it's property, or um, I think that's the, that's the word they, uh, yeah, yeah. they use. So it makes, it makes sense, I guess. But of course, for a taxpayer, it's horrible. On the other hand, we have to say that, okay, today, not much cryptocurrency, even though some are ambitions. Some of, some, of, some of the cryptocurrencies have that ambition. Not many of those are actually used as a means of payment. Eh? It's, it's mostly used as right. an investment. Eh? Yep. So it's less of a problem in a way. And there are also, okay, there are, there are specialized companies, there's software eh, that can help you calculate all the different 
consequences of making an investment and, and selling it at a later point uh, in time. But then, okay, and, and here's it's interesting. We, we think of France eh, as um, a lot of regulations, uh, but what France has, has done, for example, hmm. to say as, as long as it's crypto to crypto, eh, we're not yeah. taxing it. We're just not taxing it. Okay. We're only taxing it at the when, when you exit, eh? when you go back into fiat, right. uh, which is very pragmatic, of course. Eh? Sure. So that's that, that's of course very very interesting to see, eh? because we think of France, and on many levels, this is true, as a as a as a regulation crazy country. Eh? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But but here you see that they take this very very pragmatic approach, eh? which is uh, which is yeah. very interesting. Yeah. Eh? Again, early days, and we'll have to see how this uh, how this evolves. Eh? When I compare all the different tax authorities in different countries, I can't say that the IRS is the most hostile of them all. Can't say that. Can't say that. It just they don't have. I mean, the, the rules must come from 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 Congress or from some other authority. But that's the same as in Europe. It's it's not easy nowadays eh, to 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 get to to clear acts and regulations and then to find agreement eh, in all these different. Uh, uh, with all these different legislators uh, about what it's going to be. So in the absence of, 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 of no regulations, uh, of no acts and so forth, no bills of law, the authorities try to try to fit uh, this entire crypto thing into pre-existing categories. And then in some countries, it ends up great. Uh, in other countries, in the United States, it's it's difficult, I understand. In Germany, they say if you, if you have held the, the cryptocurrency for, for more than one year, any capital gains are tax-exempt. Okay, right. so again, Germany surprising, yeah, because they're also known as a, as a difficult tax country. Right. That's what they do. Belgium, more or less the same thing. Unfortunately, they and maybe lucky for me, yeah, uh, the regulations are less clear, but it's more <laughs> or less the same principle. And then Switzerland is very interesting. I mean, I can't give you the the, the the exact details of every jurisdiction. We see that the that um, yeah, there are some sort of tax havens in Europe. Eh? Right. Uh, if you have a lot of bitcoins and, and um, a lot of capital gains. Uh, your city on I mean it's not bad to, to live in Belgium it's not bad to, uh, Got it. to live in uh, in Germany so that's what we see today of course eh? and then maybe one day European Union comes in okay this is taxation which in the European Union all country it's it's decided upon uh, unanimity um, so all countries need to agree but eh, let us suppose that uh, one day they agree to have a have a tax system for crypto for uh, for the entire European Union, eh? okay, all these nice havens uh, may disappear. Eh? Who knows? Who knows? But, but today, still, okay, that's still far in the future, right? I mean, that's not for. I think for taxes, for taxes. Mm-hmm. But if you look at, at another regulation, which is also very important, which is the anti-money laundering legislation, it took a while, and then suddenly it all went very fast. Eh? Mm-hmm. And uh, you had the first anti-money anti-money laundering directive. It was way before uh, cryptocurrency ever, ever existed. Second and then the third, the the fourth and the fifth, they they all came very quickly. And now you end up with um, at least an anti-money laundering perspective, which regulations which are more burdensome, which are very restrictive, even compared to the to the US rules, huh? mm-hmm. which even today means that that some of the some of the, the Netherlands also used to have a lot of exchanges until recently. But you really see that that these EU regulations huh? Uh, and especially the Dutch interpretation of those uh, regulations are really pushing them uh, abroad and, and outside of the union. Even so, it's long. Uh, it's it's fun as long as it's lasts. Eh? But you always need to take into account. Okay, is this some 
some exemption. Malta is also a good case in point. Eh? Oh. Very attractive. They have they have the financial regulations, which are good. I have a very attractive tax regime. Eh? But you see, because there's a lot of, uh, at least they say, there's a lot of strange money going into Malta in general. Mm-hmm. It's not only have to do with, uh, with crypto, absolutely not. But they're under pressure eh, from the European Union to clean up. And, and when we say clean up, power of incumbents is, uh, as in most countries, is, uh, yeah, it's, it's important. Eh? Try yeah. to uh, push away new entrants. Eh? So you might end up with, uh, with regulations in Malta in a few years that are a lot less friendly than we have today. But okay, it's, uh, it's crypto. Eh? It's changing all yeah. the time. It's global, so for every project, check what is the best jurisdiction at this point in time. And, and do know that uh, only diamonds are forever. Eh? And yeah. probably at some point, you need to change uh, some detail. And it's also, okay, maybe US listeners are thinking, okay, it's not for me or it all sounds so complicated. We see that there are many Europeans active in Europe. They right. may be here, uh, walk around and contribute to this project, but also investors. Uh, if you look in, in, in Zug, one of the first companies that existed uh, was Shapeshift, uh, which is a company where you can uh, do crypto-to-crypto trades. They're now going fully uh, decentralized, if I understand it. Well, it was American private equity, if I'm not mistaken, that allowed them to, to grow to that level. So it's, uh, yeah, no. And in the other, uh, also interesting, also in the other way around. I mean, one of the, don't uh, don't forget about the US and, and, and Texas, um, as you mentioned in the beginning of the of the show. There's now a German company that's, uh, that's, that's relocating, a mining company, mining operation, that's uh-huh. relocating to Texas also. There you go. Do you see everybody's moving all over the place? Eh? Because at some point in time, for your company, for your situation, some country may be more interesting than another one, and so on and so forth. Uh, wonderful. I have uh, another question here. I'm looking, and I'm not sure you're going to have the, 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 the full answer here, but I just wanted to have your, your, mm-hmm. your thoughts. Um, we obviously recently had European elections, so we have a new mm-hmm. European Commission, which is obviously mm-hmm. a powerful entity that's going to be uh, now in place for the next five years. Uh, have you have you seen any particular thoughts already coming out of this new administration in terms of specifically uh, how to tackle digital assets, blockchain, cryptos? Is is there an agenda? Do you see some things that that are worth mentioning, or is it just you know sort of business as usual? Or is it just too early to uh, to see anything particular come out there? Well, uh, Europe is is, uh, is all about climate nowadays. Eh? So they are the climate commission. <laughs> okay. yeah. That's the climate, climate, climate all the time. Even though the EU only emits ten percent worldwide of a uh, full uh, well, carbon talking dioxide. About, talking about that, talking about that. I mean, since we talk about climate, if we talk mm-hmm. about mining, crypto mining, obviously mm-hmm. it's a big issue on the energy use, on the electricity mm-hmm. use. Mm-hmm. Is that something that that is an issue, or that you know has been addressed, or or any thoughts there? Well, I think I think this is not. I mean, it's not. It's, when people think of climate change, I mean, mining farms are, are not the, the first thing they they think about. Eh? Evidently, of course, eh, you have these different calculations, and it's always a discussion about how eco-friendly there are. There's this person, um, some think PwC London, eh, as 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 as. Uh, has done some research and then they say, oh, it's, it's uh, the electricity consumption of, uh, and then you name a big country, uh, of Texas, eh? <laughs> of, uh, of, of uh, one of those things. And there are other experts who, I mean, in my view, 
convincingly, but I'm a fan, of course, say that no, eh, there's a lot of uh, uh, eco-friendly uh, power involved. There's hydropower, there are dams and so on. So we have these discussions. But okay, climb, um, I mean, it's not, well, when Europeans are mostly worried, for, um, have to think of uh, this, this single currency that we have, eh? the right. euro. Sure. And uh, okay, last ten years in Euro uh, in the European Union, it was uh, we have to save the euro all the time. We have to save this uh, this monetary union. Eh? Right. And if there's any part of of there is any authority that is more hostile, then it is this European Central Bank who really guards uh, its privilege. There was Estonia that at some point in time wanted to uh, make vouchers, yeah. not really with the ambition of the same ambition or the same scope as Bitcoin, but more something that they could combine with their uh, e-residence regime. Uh, you may oh. have heard of eh? You yeah, can yeah, become yeah. A, an Estonian in cyberspace. I have the card, by the way. I'm also an Estonian, partly. Okay. Uh, but okay, so in my view, a very innocent project, but immediately the hammer came down eh? and the ECB said, uh, no, you can't do this. Uh-huh. We have the monopoly, uh, only we can, um, can issue currency. So it's coming from there. It's coming, of course, from the incumbents, from the banks who say it's all about money laundering where I say okay my dear, dear banks eh, also look a bit uh, at yourselves and how you're uh, approaching things I mean the European banking sector is uh, we all know you certainly even I think you know uh, their strengths or weaknesses on the, on the anti-money laundering front um, so it's more coming from there this set all this set they they, they now have a budget specifically for blockchain projects. So they're still in the face. Bitcoin and crypto bad blockchain good. Eh? Which is a phase that all authorities go through. Eh? And then they realize that it's actually two sides of the same coin. Eh? Sure. But okay, they, they, they're uh, well, approaching it in the European way, eh? which is uh, centralized from Brussels subsidies eh? because they they think they have to play catch up. And it's true, but uh, maybe they, they should be looking at the way Switzerland is approaching things rather than try to compete with the with the US or with China, eh, which are whole different countries. Eh? And yeah, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Okay, it's also, I mean, maybe atypical for for European, but uh, I'm a bit skeptical about these uh, these these big central schemes, eh? decentralized technology uh, delivered by by central yeah. centrally managed authority. It's a bit of a contradiction. We'll see, but okay. With all these things, these are all experiments that can either work or can work. As long as we learn from them, learn from each other, governments, companies, individuals, uh, then it's fine. And yeah, you see this cross-pollination in any case. Huh? So uh, yeah, no, they 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 uh, they're doing something. They're doing something. But uh, okay, if, if I have more faith in in what's what's happening on the ground uh, currently, yeah. uh, then uh, but we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Either way, the European Commission, I think, okay, they. 99% of the time they're worrying about the climate. I think uh, honestly, 1% of the time <laughs> may think about blockchain. But okay, they're not. It's it's not being chased from Europe. That's not the case. But we'll see. And also in the long run, eh? in the long run, culture matters, and uh, and we'll see what happens. Maybe I want to finish up on 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 something uh, that we just discussed here. The whole issue of stable coins, and and we've seen obviously China making some very determined statements uh, regarding their development uh, of uh, blockchain projects and, and, and creating a cryptocurrency and a stable coin. Uh, the U.S. feels the heat and so there is pressure to think about that as well. 
But I believe also that the new president of the ECB, Mrs. Lagarde, specifically also had some thoughts regarding crypto or stable coins. Uh, am I am I wrong there? Or what's what's your no? The the uh, I'm I'm looking at the uh, they're, they're making papers about uh, stable coins. The last one is from August uh, from August 2019. So it's very recent. Eh? Hmm? Stable coins. You can look at it uh, from different perspectives. Eh? You have the financial regulators. They're gonna say. Okay, if the stable coin is issued by a company or by a group, eh, is this a security or no? If you look at stable coins issued by central banks, eh, I think the feeling is that the European Central Bank says we need to be first. Eh? Right. We need to offer something that is at least as convenient or, or seemingly decentralized as, 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 as the real thing. And, and can hear I'm a fan of <laughs> the real thing is still, still uh, real crypto decentralized. And we have to get market share eh, before these decent, really, truly decentralized things take over. Eh? But then you see worrying signs. Like, uh, for example, they say on our blockchain, the ECB blockchain, if they're going to use a blockchain, we'll still have to see. Uh-huh. Everything is transparent, but every European citizen, and it's an ID, it's just a paper, but still shows their line of thinking. Every European citizen gets so-called privacy vouchers right. for a certain amount. So about 5,000 euros, uh, which is 5,000, 6,000 US dollars. No yeah, better. Uh, yeah. Well, that you can spend per year anonymously. Uh? <laughs> so which is it? And as soon as you ex- they spend more than uh, they w- most people will, I think, uh, right. then that amount, uh, your anonymity is gone. And that's a bit, it's totally anathema, of course, to the, the vision of, of, of Bitcoin and, and, and most certainly of, of privacy uh, coins. Eh? So yeah. this is really, I mean, it's just a paper. Let's not get, get ahead of ourselves. But you see the, right. the line of thinking they, they have in these big institutions. So we'll see, we'll see. No, no, they may try. But again, it's, it's, it's also... Topic. The press loves it eh? when they speak of crypto. That's still a fascinating subject. Whether it's really a priority for the ECB, I don't know. They have a lot on their hands. Eh? <laughs> a lot of their hands. Yeah. Uh, the Eurozone is, is, is still a fragile affair. So we'll see. We'll see what comes out of it. I still believe they're going to try to defend the Euro. They're going to try to defend it absolutely. And anything they see as a threat, they're going to they're gonna bring the hammer down. That is... Uh, that, uh, I'm Got convinced it. that's the case. As long as the euro is, is, is not safe, as long as there's still questions about the viability of the project, <laughs> the, those questions may, may still be with us for some time. They're going to be a bit... So if there's any... Not all the authorities, eh, but most certainly the ECB, which uh, its job is to defend the euro, eh, sure. they defend their territory, absolutely. And whether they're going to do it by, by, by issuing bans or by making their own stable coin we'll still have to see so voila thomas this has been great so maybe in conclusion what are and then to really end on a positive note as well what are sort of your two or three main takeaways that you want to give the audience when they think about you know crypto or blockchain and taxes what would be sort of your 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 two or three main ideas that we have to take from this call uh, that you think is important for people to uh, uh, to keep in mind actually first of all Whatever you're doing in crypto, there's always an, an international element. Always, always, always. Eh? Sure. So it's easy, especially if you live in a big country like, like the US, 
to forget that there's uh, that, that it's a global f- a phenomenon. Eh? But there's always this link with Europe, maybe with Asia, maybe with other countries. It's uh, Bitcoin doesn't or other cryptocurrencies don't care about borders. So there's always this this international element uh, that you need need to take into account. If you look at projects and investments, like I said, like I repeated many times, if you have the choice, if you have the opportunity, look at different jurisdictions, look at your, it's it's still very much custom custom made. It's still, uh, it's still yeah. changing all the time. So try to find the best solution with good experts. Eh? Sure. Uh, there, are, there are other good experts other than me eh? that they exist that to find the best solution. Sure. And then lastly, uh, who knows in, in the long run eh, where, where this ecosystem will thrive. The, um, the globally, perhaps, um, Europe has a bit of, a, of an edge right now on some levels. Eh? But never forget the, uh, the importance of culture. Eh? In the long run, culture matters. Absolutely. And then we'll have to see uh, what happens. And then lastly, eh, to, to my dear uh, ex-client, eh, the IRS is not the it's not the worst tax authority in the world. They like the rest. Thomas, this has been great. Uh, I think it opened up a lot of uh, obviously thoughts here, but I think it's an important topic that we've been able to address here. At least open open that box. And, My pleasure. Um, yeah, thank you very much for coming on. Uh, maybe, obviously, if people are interested, they can uh, come to me and I'll forward that information. But if uh, people want to, sure. you know, get in touch with you directly, what's the best uh, way to uh, to reach out to you? I'm on Twitter. So that's, that's the best way that you can find. Yeah. The link yeah. to my website, yeah. and so on and so forth. LinkedIn, they don't use it, but often. But uh, maybe that's something we can discuss after the show. Eh? What perfect. the best way would be uh, to reach out to me? Okay, perfect. Thomas, thank you very much. Have a wonderful rest my of pleasure. the week. My pleasure. And I'm um, uh, uh, pretty sure we'll be able to redo this in the near future at some point as the legislative environment evolves. But yeah, it's always changing. We'd be happy yeah. to do that. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Thomas. Take care. Thank you.